Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold, and I hope that you just had a chance to listen to Susie Larson live, because guess what? It's bonus round time, because mm-hmm. she's my guest on the show for the next hour. I have Susie Larson, my friend. I have Susie Larson, my colleague, and I also have Susie Larson, the author, and I spent a good portion of the last couple of days reading Susie Larson's brand new book called Closer Than Your Next Breath, Where Is God When You Need Him Most? I must say, Susie, you know what you're doing. Wow. Thank you so much, Bill. Uh, such a joy and an honor to be with you thanks. today. Thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. thanks. This is uh, our two for you today, so I appreciate you staying on and uh, talking about your new book. I, I've gone through it, and it's uh, you've done a marvelous job. You've got quite a way with words. Wow, thank you. It means so much. You know, each of those books are a labor of love, and as soon as I hit send, I'm like, I can't believe I just did that. <laughs> I need to have a, a walk. I need a, I need some time without words for a while. So, But anyway, I'm, I love it. I'm grateful for how it turned out. And my prayer really is it's like a, a healing balm for many. Um, yeah. You know, I often say, Bill, that when we don't resolve our parts of the hard parts of our story in light of God's love, those are like open loops in our soul. And those are the places when life gets hard that the enemy can accuse God and, and get us to take the bait to accuse God of things that the devil's actually guilty of. And so my hope and prayer is that I'm making the case uh, that God is good and to be trusted and he loves you and he's faithful whether you can feel him or sense him or not. He's closer than your next breath and, and that should add a sturdiness to our steps and a strength to our heart for sure. Mm-hmm. Susie, when we think about God's holiness and we stand in awe of who he is, does it occur to us for a second that he's not involved in every detail of our life? It's us coming to him with our details. Yeah, that is always keeps me in awe because I spend a lot of time pondering that. Mm-hmm. But having traveled around a lot, and, and as you know, um, conversing with lots of friends as you get to know people in radio, uh, there is um, there are a large percentage of folks who who think that God doesn't care about mm-hmm. every detail. And I've even heard speakers say, God doesn't care where you park or where you work, just do it unto him. And that may sound like a, a smooth talking point, but its I don't think it's biblically true because there's a case to be made that in Scripture it says he delights in every detail of your life. He, he knows about every hair on your head, every hurt in your heart. You know, he cares about every detail of your life. So I would say when it comes to you that he's indifferent about nothing. And that yeah. is a great starting point, I think, for us. Mm-hmm. So when we think about his commitment to us, his devotion to us, and what he did sending Jesus to die for us, I know that it is good for my soul every day when I get up to thank him and thank him for what he has done for me. Mm-hmm. And obviously with great anticipation as to what will happen that day and the opportunities that will come up and the chances we will have to bring him honor and glory but also to take with to him our needs and our desires and our our injuries and have him help us get healed. Mm. Isn't that amazing that we can do that? Yeah. That 
We have access to the inner throne room of Almighty God, and I love to start my day with Thanksgiving, entering His gates with Thanksgiving. And something I do every once in a while is I, I'll keep a journal where in the morning or at night I'll just write down three things that I'm thankful for just to keep my heart in a posture of gratitude. But no matter what, in the morning when I spend time with the Lord before I talk with anybody else, I want to I want to thank Him. And it, there's something so powerful I think your, your, the eyes of your heart open up when you enter into his gates with thanksgiving and praise. You know, sometimes it, for me, it looks like a worship playlist where I'll sit with the worship songs, sing along, open my hands and pray, or I'll journal the things I'm thankful for, or I'll just tell him. But to start out, you know, in my heart, putting him in his proper place, he's magnified, but I want to magnify him in my own life. I feel so strongly, Bill, that that gives us clarity in our spiritual vision. And conversely, when we're, you know, oozed and immersed in ingratitude, I think it makes us spiritually blind. And uh, that, I think, was one of the Israelites' mistakes in, you know, in the biblical times is ingratitude and entitlement uh, kept them from seeing uh, God for who he really is. Mm-hmm. Is this Susie Larson Live or Afternoons with Bill Arnold? I don't know if it matters right now. <laughs> Do you, Susie? I mean, people no. are looking at their watch going, uh, whose show wait, am I what? listening to? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's talk about um, God's, uh, God walks through walls. Your fears don't scare him. That's in your book. And I thought that was a very powerful uh, chapter. I love that line because as someone who's battled fear in different levels my whole life, um, that means a lot to me, that my fears don't scare him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and you sure understand that uh, the disciples were afraid after the the one that they left all to follow, you know, the one that they thought would overthrow Rome so they could occupy their land and uh, died, you know, a criminal's death on the cross. So it's like, imagine they so strongly associated with Jesus, the kind of courage that t- took mm-hmm. to, to cut ties, to say, he's the Messiah, I'm following him. And he performed miracles, he kept up their idea of what kingdom life looked like, and then he, he's executed. It, who wouldn't be terrified? So they're hiding behind the walls. Even though he did say, he did drop in the truth bomb every once in a while, you know, that he was going to be given up and, and betrayed. But, you know, we have selective hearing sometimes. And But what is so amazing is there was a door to this room that they were hiding in. It was locked, but he could have gone through the door, but he just walked right through the wall. I just love that. He's walked right through the wall. And uh, because he can. Oh, the advantages of that. a glorified body. Come on. Amen. Yeah. And, uh, and he pronounces peace to them. Peace be with you. And he shows them his scars. And I think that's so powerful, his glorified body with scars. And, you know, I, talk, I think about the redemptive work in our lives that, that so many of us, everybody has trauma. Everybody has hardship and hurt, Mm -hmm. and most have not resolved that in light of God's love. And so it's not just a scar, it's it's a festering wound, and that's why we can be so triggerable. And for for Jesus to be victorious and to to show up with those scars saying, not even death could hold me back, and he pronounces peace. You know, he breathes life on them, the Holy Spirit, and he says, as the Father sends me, so send I you. Now, I want you to imagine the disciples running to Thomas. Thomas wasn't there. Mm -hmm. They're talking over each other. Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? I mean, I'm trying to imagine the cacophony of voices and him going, wait, one at a time. What? What? He's alive. Well, the next time they're in that same room behind a closed door, Jesus walks through the wall again. And does he pronounce judgment on Thomas? Because Thomas wouldn't believe. He's had to see it for himself. In fact, we call him Doubting Thomas because of that. And I write in the book, are you sure? I mean, 
maybe he's traumatized Thomas or, you know, someone who needs a different experience than the others did. John saw the empty tomb and that was enough. Not for Thomas. Jesus walked to the wall and he didn't say, you're out. You're out of the group. He pronounced (laughs) peace once again. He pronounced peace. But he did say, blessed are those who believe without seeing. You believe because you've seen. Blessed are those who believe without seeing. And I feel like there's this beautiful invitation there, Bill, to say, I am who I say I am. And I'm inviting you to an upgrade in faith. I'm not condemning you for your unbelief, but I'm inviting you to an upgrade in faith. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like he does that for us over and over again. He doesn't condemn us where we doubt and have our weaknesses and our and our questions. He meets us in those places. And I'll say one more thing about that is that, you know, Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man opens the door, I will come in and sup with them and he with me. And we and that's Jesus. He's never going to force salvation or force his love on anyone. He made a way where there was no way. He made a way. But we choose, right? But sometimes we 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 take that verse to mean that he's passively just waiting and waiting and waiting. And that's not the case. In in the way of salvation, you have to choose that gift. You've got to receive that gift. But other than that, there's not a passive bone in Jesus' body. He will cross hell and high water to find you in your fears, to find you in your mess, in your addiction. He will cross hell and high water to get to you because he loves you. He leaves the 99 for the one. And we must not uh, see him as a passive, meek and mild Jesus. He's he's humble, but he's a mighty warrior. He's the king, and he's mighty to save. And we've got to see him in the full picture of who he is. Mm-hmm. That passionate voice you are hearing is Susie Larson. Her brand new book is called Closer Than Your Next Breath. Where is God when you need him most? Susie, I'm thinking of his followers in that locked room, feeling nervous. What's going to happen to us now? They were tense. And then Jesus walks through the wall and says, shalom, peace. I think Mm -hmm. that is a lot of us who are sitting behind closed doors fearing what's going to happen next because we don't know because maybe the the diagnosis didn't come back the way we wanted or the job is uh, falling apart or the relationship is ending. Yeah. And are the news disrupts, right? Uh, the show that we just had on, we talked all about fear the whole time. And my guest was Jamie Winship, and he was talking about that we are so called to faith because he said Jesus was in a completely hostile environment. I mean, think about Romans were crucifying Jews on a regular basis, and Jesus knew that was his final destiny, but he was also immortal. <laughs> he, they couldn't touch him or take him until it was his time. And he said, it's the same with us, that truly until we have... Um, until our days are done, until our assignment is completed, you know, the enemy cannot take us out. Mm-hmm. And God wants us to reckon with these things that we're afraid of. I asked our listeners to text in, what are you so afraid of? And you wouldn't believe how many people texted in. And as you can imagine, because we're all afraid of something, but he really challenged us to reckon with some of those things. And the way I put it, have put it in past times because of some, as I'm someone who's battled fear is I remember years ago because of the health challenges and the scary symptoms, I was uh, imagining, if God, if you allowed this, how much worse are you going to allow it to get? And and God just thundered in my heart. And he said, Susie, you know, the enemy is a lousy counselor. Do you think I'm going to inform you through him about your future? Absolutely not. What he wants to do is to get you to project your worst case fears into a future that I'm not in. But no such scenario exists for the Christ follower. There is no future moment that God is not in. And likewise, Jamie Winship on my show today said, you know, that is the terror and the trauma is trying to imagine facing your worst fear without God. 
And that's what the enemy wants us to imagine. But there is no moment like that. God is with us. He's Emmanuel. He's mm-hmm. with us. So we can't let those fears linger in our soul, Bill, unchallenged. We truly have to get to the bottom of what is the lie here that I believe. And one of the big things that Jamie said last hour was it's perfect love that casts out fear. So you need an invitation to understand on a deeper level God's perfect love. Mm-hmm. I'm doing church today with Susie Larson, and I bet you're listening to this today thinking, you know what, I've got something that has not healed in my life, and Susie and I would love to be praying for you today. You just need to know what it is, how we can help, what we might be able to do, offering prayer up to the Father for you. So text me uh, your concern or what you need freedom and release from. Susie and I will do uh, our best, and we will, uh, we'd will. we love to pray for you. 877-933-2484. Susie's new book is called Closer Than Your Next Breath. Where's God when you need him most? We're going to take a little break. We'll be right back with lots more of Susie in just a minute. Hi, this is Bill Arnold, host of the Afternoon Show, and I have to say pastor appreciation is one of the easier things to do. I made out a list of 721 things I wanted to say thank you uh, to you for, but because I'm, I guess, apparently limited to like 40 seconds, I'm not going to be able to get them all in. But that doesn't mean I don't uh, appreciate you and the hard work you do. I know there. It's not a cakewalk. I know there's discouragement at times and and loneliness, and there are times when you probably get discouraged, but I just want you to know that we love you and care about you, and we want to encourage you in every way possible. Thank you for what you do, and God bless you in all of your efforts. God is very interested in every detail of your life. My guest is Susie Larson. She's the host of Susie Larson Live and a very prolific author. Her latest book is Closer Than Your Next Breath, Where Is God When You Need Him Most? And for many people who tune into Faith Radio, they they definitely need uh, their next breath to be him because they are seeking comfort. They're seeking uh, security. They want assurance. They want healing. They want protection. They want uh, a blessing. So thank you for tuning into Faith Radio all the time and thank you for coming and hoping uh, that we will be part of your your journey because we want to help. And I don't know if, Susie, you saw there's a, a gentleman that already texted in who needs uh, to overcome addictions. And I think that's a, a common thing with a lot of people that listen to Faith Radio. They've got something that uh, they're struggling with and addictions because I host the Real Recovery Show with George on weekends and we hear stories all the time of people who are connected uh, to drugs and alcohol and pornography and shopping and you name it, and they have it. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd love to pray for this dear brother. And, uh, you know, I think if my guest from last hour were with you, he would ask you to ask Jesus, Lord, what do you want me to know about this addiction? What do you want me to know about your love? And what do you want me to do? So, Father, in, in your precious name, Jesus, Lord, I pray for this dear brother. I pray you pour out your spirit in a fresh way. I pray he would be so baptized by your love, so undone by your amazing fatherly love, Lord God, that he would feel it viscerally, that he'd feel it physiologically, that your love, God, would cast out all fear, all shame, all guilt, all condemnation. God, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, God. And we lift up this brother, and we come against every scheme of hell fashioned against him and his destiny. 
In Jesus' name, we command the power of this stronghold to be broken off of him, Lord, in Jesus' mm. name. And I pray, God, that you'd give him a vision for what's ahead. I know it's easy to be afraid of what freedom might look like. I've at times felt afraid of what full healing, like what will I do at full strength? <laughs> makes me scared at times. But Lord, I pray, God, that you'd show him wide open fields, answers to prayer, people that he can help, sharing his testimony, Lord, uh, with all those who are captive. Give him eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to do your will. And would you speak to him right now, Lord? What do you want him to know? What do you want him to do? Mm -hmm. Speak to him now, we pray in Jesus' name. And dear brother, if, if the Lord speaks to you and you want to share, text back and tell us what, what the Lord is saying. And we want to keep walking with you. So we'd love to hear back. Thank you so much, Susie. It's a beautiful prayer. Closer Than Your Next Breath uh, is the name of Susie Larson's new book, Where Is God When You Need Him Most? And Susie, I often hear when I have conversations with folks and their questions are, is God good and can he be trusted? Because trust and goodness seem to be at the top of the list for people. And now in chapter three of your book, you say God is good. And are you ready to trust him? So say more about that. You know, I said this, I think, last time I was on your show because it was so real time for me. We talked about Strong in Battle, one of my other books. But as you know, I had a pretty massive health relapse about eight years ago. I've been working my way through that and have come a long way. But there was a point in it because of some of these neurological surges that were just downright terrifying that looked like Lyme, which I've been battling a long time, but looked potentially like something else much worse. And so it, it was terrifying. And it would get me up at night and uh, surges going up my neck of numbing mm. and my whole face and bone crushing headaches and dizziness and ear ringing and all that yuck. And, um, and a friend had noticed that I was bracing for impact always. And uh, I still was a serious follower of Christ, still getting up in the morning, worshiping, spending time with the Lord, um, serving him on the radio, you know, doing my thing. But she noticed a posture shift and that, you know, it's it's probably like a, maybe a wife who loves her husband still, but maybe has been hurt by him, but they haven't talked it through. So she's not going anywhere, but the intimacy is maybe a little bit disrupted. It was like that. And when she addressed it, she said, I just noticed you're bracing for impact. And I, I thought that was the natural effect mm. of an unpredictable disease. But when I brought it to the Lord, he really showed me it was a mistrust of him. And she said, Susie, when you think about God, your default response should always be only goodness and mercy follow you. Only goodness and mercy chase after you. Only goodness and mercy are allowed to follow after you. She said, if you think anything other than that, Something in you needs to be healed, and something in your thinking is out of alignment. And I took the challenge, Bill, because I, I was out of alignment. I was still loving him, serving him, but I was hurt by him. When I stopped and I was honest, I wondered if he was good. Good to everybody, but maybe not me. Like, I have to endure everything I fear. And so I had some work to do. And uh, again, that's why I wrote this book. And my hope and prayer is that it's a healing balm, because I think lots of people— Bill, are walking around bleeding under their armor from a, a wound close to home, a really personal wound. Maybe it's a family member who's rejected you. Maybe it's something God could have prevented, but he didn't, and you haven't resolved it yet. And so you really aren't fully convinced that he's good, but he is good. And when I started to realize that, Bill, I started to imprint his loving kindness on my heart. I just decided everywhere I look, I'm going to see every good gift with a gift tag to Susie from God. <laughs> because every good gift comes from him. So I love sunsets. I love sunrises. So I would see it with a gift tag, you know? Um, I, I, I love my kids. I love my husband. I love my coworkers. When I get a chance to interact with any of you, 
I would just quietly smile and say, thank you. That's a gift straight from your hand. And something shifted in me over time. I went from bracing for impact to anticipating God's goodness. And uh, I say that. I'm glad you asked about that, Bill, because I think maybe some listening today, God wants your participation. And we can get so passive about our posture, and we must reactivate again. And if I could say one more thing about that, interrupt me if you need to, because this is your show. So could I say one more thing? Oh, please. No, no, you help yourself. (laughs) Okay. Well, you know, I, I want so much to do this right. I want to finish this race well. And so I've been digging in the last couple of years into the Old Testament, just wanting to learn from what the Israelites did in those days, like why the first generation didn't make it to the promised land, why the Israel was exiled to Babylon. Like, what did they do? Um, So I don't do that. And I know one of their first mistakes was they stopped listening to God. You can only listen to one voice at a time. And in essence, they turned away and were listening to other voices. And by virtue of not listening to God, their heart hardened. I want you to think about that. If you're listening to your inner critic, you're listening to the enemy, you're listening to people who are spouting and spewing their fears, that's hardening your heart against God because his needs to be the most primary voice in your life. Well, one thing I found was in Psalm 106, verse 7, in the Amplified uh, translation, and it says that they did these three things wrong. One was they stopped remembering the significance and the timing of God's miracles. That's my paraphrase. They no longer, uh, they didn't remember the significance or the timing of God's miracles. So you think about this. They were, you know, they 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 had a front row seat. They saw yeah. the waters part. They had the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire and the manna. I mean, they left Egypt, you know, loaded down with the wealth of, of the Egyptians. They were firsthand, you know, recipients of many miracles of God. But they just sort of shrugged their shoulders. They didn't remember the significance and the timing of his miracles. And I, to that, I would say, if you're in between miracles, let's not do what they did. Grab a hold of a miracle from your past or from Scripture and say, this is going to have to do for now because he's the same God today, yesterday, and forever, that he's the same miracle-working God. You know, the one who parted the sea lives in me. So to keep a, keep a, a real-time awareness that he is the same God, that he's a miraculous meticulous, personal, profound, and powerful loving God. The second thing that they didn't do is they stopped marveling at the abundance of his mercies. Now, he, he, he sends us new mercies to his door every morning. Uh, you know, think about that. He doesn't punish us as our sins deserve. And they stopped being in awe of that. I mean, how many things have we spoken out of turn that we actually didn't get in trouble for? And it's not to to say God looks lightly upon sin, but he doesn't punish us as our sins deserve. His love covers a multitude of sins. I mean, if we perpetually keep sinning, we will deal with consequences. But you know what I'm saying, that it's like his mercy covers us in our impatience and our irritability and our inconsistency. The abundance of his mercies are so massive that they're sending a message I'm so committed to getting you safely home that I'm sending mercies to your door in the morning before you even have a chance to wake up and blow it. I mean, that should keep us in awe. So they stopped remembering the significance of his miracles. They stopped marveling at the abundance of his mercies, and they no longer imprinted his loving kindness on their hearts. And that's the one that had hit me because I had made that same mistake. Hmm. So I feel like if someone's in a spiritual slump, those are three things that you could start to actively participate in 
And I'm telling you what, it will change your life. It'll change your perspective. And you might be saying, God's not speaking. He's silent. I'm in a silent season. And we do go through those, and we can talk about that later. But sometimes we attribute silence to our own drift. And I think if you start to re-engage your faith and honor God rightly, you might start to hear from him again. I think that's really wise, Susie. Well said, by the way. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. That that uh, fed me right now. You know, I always start with what Jesus did on that monumental afternoon when he was nailed to the cross and died in my place. And I'm thinking, is there ever going to be a day that he's going to be less good to me than that day? Mm-hmm. And the answer wow. is no. He'll never be less good to me than he was that day. And that was the greatest day ever. And I, I'm so I'm always focusing on drawing near to him because when I'm drawing near to him and listening to him and his voice, I'm a much uh, I'm a much happier guy. Amen. That's so good. See you remembering the significance of his miracles. That's awesome. Oh, thank you. I'll mm-hmm. I'll um, I appreciate that. All right, let's. Uh, Seeing how we're on a roll, let's continue to talk about how awesome God is. <laughs> let's I can't, do it. I never get tired of that. Mm-hmm. Well, I love text line, and it's Bill's show, but can I, I would just love for you to text in and tell me what you love about God. How about cool. that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Text what you love about God, 877-933-2484. Let Susie and I uh, hear what you love about God, 877-933-2484. So let's ponder his presence. How should God's presence impact us? Well, when we understand as you say, uh, the majesty, the holiness, the power of Almighty God, mm-hmm. um, it would make us tremble. And I think there's plenty of psalms that you can behold where you start to understand that he stoops down to behold heaven. He merely spoke, and the heavens came to be. Try to imagine that. In fact, I've been hanging around in Psalm um, 145, 146, 147. Listen to this. It's just powerful. I know we've got to go to break here in a moment, but it says, Great is the Lord, most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. Is yours a powerless Christianity or is it a powerful Christianity? Because we're supposed to proclaim his power. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor, on your wonderful miracles. Are we meditating on the miracles of God? It's been said when Rahab uh, told the, the Jewish spies when, that, they, that we'd heard God is with you, and then she remembered the Red Sea, that some scholars believe that that miracle happened before she was born. But that was enough for her to depart from her people, to align with God's people, and to ask if she could come under the wing of God's protection. Is that not amazing? No, amazing. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor. Your wonderful miracles, your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. That's what God is hoping, is that his awe-inspiring deeds are on every tongue, that we will proclaim his greatness. And listen to this. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. Bill, you're sharing the story of God's goodness every single day. Are we all sharing the story of God's goodness every single day? They will sing with joy about your righteousness. The Lord is merciful, compassionate, slow to angry, filled with unfailing love. Here's another good one. The Lord is good to everyone. When you're in a funk and in a tough season, you might think he's good to everyone but you, but he's good to everyone. And he showers compassion on all his creation. So it says, all of your works will thank you, Lord. Your faithful followers will praise you. We will speak of the glory of your kingdom. We will give specific examples of your power. We will tell of your mighty deeds, about the majesty and the glory of your reign. Because your kingdom 
is an everlasting kingdom. I could go on. But I say, if you if it's been a while since you've trembled in the Lord's presence, get into the Psalms and just slow down and ponder. This is the God we serve, and he knows about every detail of your life, and he loves you. That is awesome advice, Susie. I love it. Now, one of the things I know you have struggled with in your life is sleep issues. Mm-hmm. Where are you right now in that department? Okay, so this has been a brutal, brutal battle. And okay. a number of weeks ago, I was in a stretch of getting only a couple hours a night. Wow. And I will tell you, so we've got uh, our family doctor is also a good friend. And he said, I want to try you on a low, low dose of something that I'm using on a lot of teens who don't sleep. And I, I don't not sleep because, like, I'm anxious. I, I go to bed, I'm thanking God, counting my blessings, <laughs> praying through Scripture. My body just won't shut down. Mm-hmm. So he said, this is a low-dose medicine for teens. Um, on high doses, they use it for anxiety, depression. But for low, 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 at the lowest bottom dose, it's helping some people sleep. And it's been a gift to me. So wow. I, I look to the day where I won't need that. But to do what I do, I have to get some sleep, and so I consider it a great gift. So, yeah, that's what I've been doing, and I'm grateful. Mm-hmm. We're going to head to break, but we did get another message from someone struggling with sleep. So mm-hmm. as we go to break, I think I'm just going to pray for you and her and everyone else that has issues. Heavenly Father, thank you for the beautiful psalms that we can we can look at and read and, and rejoice in your mercy and kindness. But as we lay our head on the pillow at night— We need to slip our hand into your hand and have you comfort us and calm us and help us get that rest and that restorative sleep. I ask for so many tonight that they will find that rest and that comfort that you give. I trust for your presence with them. I pray for Susie and I pray for another listener that said, I'm not sleeping. So I ask, Lord, that you will give Everyone who needs rest, sleep. It's such a beautiful gift, and I pray that in Jesus' name. Yes. All right, we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back. Tell me what you love about God, 877-933-2484. we got a whole bunch, Susie, that's come up on the text line. We'll address that when we come back. Susie Larson is my guest. Her brand-new book that is out is called Closer Than Your Next Breath. Where is God when you need him most? We'll be right back. Welcome to the show. If you just joined me, we are uh, talking to Susie Larson today. She's my guest for the full hour. Her brand new book is called Closer Than Your Next Breath. Where is God when you need him most? And we're having a wonderful little church with Susie today. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love doing with Susie is church because we get mm-hmm. to praise God and give him thanks and glory and also try to meet some needs from some listeners and so we got a lot of comments when you asked uh, listeners to say, what do you love about God? Do you want to start oh, with uh, this beautiful comment that Chris made? Yeah. Okay. That one I think I just lost, but the one... Well, she that's... added in another uh, comment, oh, so it's that's up a little why. higher now. Okay. Well, I've got one up ahead. I think we're looking at two different text lines. So I have this one. I love that God never, ever gives up on me, even when I've turned my back on him or been mad at him. He never stops pursuing me. Praise the Lord. That's lovely. 
Mm-hmm. Um, God is slow to anger, but abounding in steadfast love. Boy, that was well-spoken. Thank you for that yeah. beautiful yeah. comment. Yeah. And Kathy love. said, Kathy said I love Psalm 103, and who doesn't? Amen. But the three I listed are from Psalm 106. Oh, okay. She she loves Psalm. That was my answer to her oh, text. So she was asking if the three points I made were from 103, and okay. I told her I love that one But the, the, Thank- for the reference. 106, 7, amplified. Yeah, this one says, I love the way God loves me unconditionally and faithfully. He's so faithful and generous with his love towards us. Amen. Mm-hmm. Keep reading them, Susie. You're doing great. All right. Jenna and Danny say he's the restorer of relationships. Amen. I just feel like I need to say uh, they're testifying, and I think one testimony begets another. And if you're listening and you've got a relationship hanging on by a thread and the enemy's baiting you into despair and saying that God doesn't care, that's a lie. He is the restorer of relationships. He brings the dead back to life. So I want you to not give up hope. Stay an active participant in this faith journey and see what God will do. All right, this one says, I love and adore God's immutability and his unchanging nature, always yesterday, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Glory. Oh, I love that. One of the things I like most about God is the way he brings his people uh, to be friends now and on into eternity. Love Jill. She says, I love everything about God, especially that he loved me first. Love Judy. She says, I love what I love most about God is his unrelenting, fiery love for us. Amen. I love God for providing all the conveniences in our daily lives. This one says, thank you, Bill, for the prayers. I love God's gentleness and kindness. And, uh, oh, here's the Chris one. Okay. How God's presence is shown to me daily. I'm so grateful. Bill and Susie, you make a strong, great team. I love you together. That's so sweet. Precious, precious one. Mm -hmm. Melissa, I can't see that text that you texted in. It's so small, but I'll try to get a peek at it during the break. I uh, love God is slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. This is You have amazing listeners engaging like this. Wow. Uh, his love never fails. His mercy endures forever. Great is his faithfulness. I love the Lord because he loved me first. He forgives all my sins. This is Psalm 103. Heals all my diseases. Mm-hmm. Crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies. Satisfies my mouth or my desires with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagle's. And this one says, I just love the way the Lord loves me. He's so perfect in how he loves me. Truly uh, is my, and I am that I am. I, I didn't fully understand that. Truly, truly the lover of my soul. So thankful to be loved by him. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Wow, just beautiful. Yeah. Susie, let's comment a little bit more on the, he is the restorer of relationships. Because probably nearly everyone listening today has got someone in their life that they may be at odds with. And that's not, that's not a good thing for anybody. Yeah, remember, it's the enemy who seeks to divide, to right. steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I come that you have life and life to the fullest. And and we are ambassadors of the kingdom, and a big part of that is to, say, to be reconciled to God. And so often when relationships are broken down, there's a disconnect with God. Because when you're walking in the fear of God and you're doing what he says— that's when you're going to see the best case scenario among relationships. Now, it's not to say there aren't going to be differences. There was in Scripture as well where two guys part ways in ministry, but it was amicable, I I hope, I think. I have to look into that one a little bit more. But I would say that when two people fear God, you have the highest and best chance of reconciling and of healing and even being bonded stronger than you were before. So good. Susie, let's talk about... Uh, the life that God offers and that we need to take him at his word. I've been studying Luke 1 uh, for the last several weeks and that moment in Luke chapter 1, Zechariah is doing his priestly duties, burning incense, and the angel of the Lord shows up and says, you're going to have a baby. 
they're mm-hmm. looking at him going, well, how's that going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> that is not going to fly. And Gabriel says, you know, you have to consider who I am and where I just came from. And this is a promise. And so what you're thinking and what God is promising, uh, we need to close that gap and you need to uh, step into God's promises. Let's talk a little bit about this God offers life. So let's take him at his word. Mm. Amen. Well, what I think about that story, Bill, is that, you know, the angel came in response to his prayer. So he was still praying, Mm -hmm. but I wonder how much of his heart was in it because he was shocked when the answer came. Right. (laughs) Right. And, uh, uh, you know, and and what's truly amazing as well is every time you see a manifestation of God's presence in Scripture, men go face down. And I think we've become so casual with God. Yes, yes we're invited to intimacy with Him. But His, if, if, if He were to peel the sky back for even the briefest moment, uh-huh. everybody would be face down. Yep. And we've got to understand that. And and so, it's one, I don't know which famous dead guy said this, but you can have as much of God as you want. And it really is a matter of how much of a capacity do you have. And I'm thinking of Zechariah as he was praying. You know, we also do this at times where we kind of go through the motions. And I would say to you that when you're going through the motions, you're phoning it in, you're praying the prayers you've prayed a thousand times before, singing the songs you've sang a thousand times before, when you go through the motions, you disengage your heart. When you disengage your heart, you disconnect from your faith. When you disconnect from your faith, not much is happening in the spiritual realm. When you engage your faith, that's when the activity happens. That's when traction happens. But what's amazing about the mercy and grace of God is even when you give a feeble, fum- you know, fumbling attempt at a prayer, mm-hmm. God moves and he remembers. And that should also make our knees weak. But he does tell us, ask, seek, knock, you know, run the race to win. And we need to not be spectators in this journey because the heavens are pregnant with answers to prayer. He wants us to be participators of this kingdom story. And too many are living in fear and self-preservation and not activating in faith, taking him at his word, because the life he offers is an otherworldly kind of life. Mm -hmm. Scripture says he's given us these great and precious promises. Why? So that we can participate in the divine nature of Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think I tell the story in this book. I for sure told it in one of my other books, but I think I told it again in this one. But many years ago, I was sitting around the table with a bunch of leaders from our old church kind of telling war stories. And there was a young missionary from Africa named Mervis, and he said – he talked about his mentor. I called him James because I just don't remember his name. But he said James knew his assignment. He walked with God. Intimately. He said he oozed the love of God and a humble confidence in God to such a degree that you really felt like you'd been with the Lord when you'd been with him because he'd been with the Lord so much. And James was called to a, a remote village in Africa because there was just a lot of defeat and oppression. And so he, the plane lands on the tarmac and the host comes up to greet him and, and <laughs> Brother James steps out of the plane and the host says, Brother James, now that you're here, Can you feel the oppression? It's thick. It's palpable. Can you feel it? Brother James throws his shoulders back, straightens up a little bit, and he goes, you listen to me. I carry the living, loving Lord Jesus alive in me. When I step foot on this land, that oppression feels me. Wow. 
And I think that there, uh, we hold a Dixie cup, Bill, and the yeah. ocean remains. Yeah. And there's going to be a moment, and it could be any moment, when Jesus returns for his bride. And in that time, there'll be no more need for faith because our faith will become sight. The only way we can please him is by faith. And if we could get off the stands, come off of the spectator, you know, theater religion, my pastor calls it, get onto the field and say, what's my role? Give me a vision that makes me nauseous. Give me a vision that makes my knees weak. Help me to dare to pray prayers that scare me, God, because I don't know when you're coming and I want to live all out for you. Those are the people who are in the adventure of faith, who are daring to pray and ask God to do things they could never accomplish on their own. Mm-hmm. Susie Larson is my guest. You probably already know that, though. Her book is Closer Than Your Next Breath, Where Is God When You Need Him Most? Tell me what you love about God. Text it over 877-933-2484, and I'll be right back with Susie. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Hi, I'm Carmen LeBurge, host of Mornings with Carmen. Time together as people of faith is so important, and together we can make a positive impact. So Faith Radio is ready to hit the road. Would your community be a good fit for a Faith Radio live event full of encouragement and togetherness that we can spur each other on toward love and good deeds? Nominate your community for a live Faith Radio event at MyFaithRadio.com, and I hope to get to see you soon. Welcome to the show. Susie Larson's my guest. Well, she's my friend and my colleague, but today she's my guest. And I don't know if you know, but she's got a book that you should get your hands on. It's called Closer Than Your Next Breath, Where Is God When You Need Him Most? Susie Larson. Susie, there's still amazing uh, text coming in from listeners. And this one is hurting um, my feelings a little bit, but Mm. I need prayers in a bad way as I get closer to God and try to be more like Jesus. My relationship with my husband is suffering. I want him to be on this journey with me so bad, but I'm afraid his heart has been hardened and I desperately need, I desperately want him to know Jesus the way I know him. I also need help to be more like Jesus when it comes to my husband. He frustrates me so much in ways I respond, in ways I shouldn't, and I feel myself pulling away. I know the importance of the covenant of marriage and I don't want a divorce, but I feel like I can't take much more and he may be it may be the one thing keeping me from getting closer to Jesus, which is addiction. He's an alcoholic, and I catch myself drinking more because it's around. It goes on and on, but uh, I would love for you to comment on that. Ah, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, and we don't have time to read that whole thing on the air. But I want to just address, he's not the one thing keeping you from getting close to Jesus. That is a lie from the enemy. This is a desperate and a painful situation, but he's not the one thing because the only thing that can get in the way of us being close to Jesus is us, our own hearts, um, not anybody else's heart. So what is proven in history and proven in the Bible is that those hard and desperate places are the very places where he makes himself known. He shows himself strong on our behalf. So I'm going to pray for you, but I would love to send you a copy of my book, Alone in Marriage, Encouragement for the Times When It's All Up to You. It's all about intimacy with God. It's all about how you navigate loneliness, fear, anger, weary. So it's not a marriage book. It's about the stuff that's coming up in you right now, which is very common when you're the only one that's caring about the marriage. And uh, if you want to connect with Wyatt, um, or you could just email me, Susie at SusieLarson.com. Well, what, what would you prefer that she do? Uh, I, it'd probably be better okay, if, if 
if she contacts Wyatt. Okay, contact Wyatt. And I don't, I don't even know Wyatt. how to contact Wyatt. All, all I know is Wyatt's like four feet from me. Yeah, you, okay. can, you can contact me at my email, which is wdmorell, M-O-R-R-E-L-L, at U-N-W-S-P dot E-D-U. Thank you, okay. Wyatt. And if that was too much for you, you can just text your address in this text line. Yeah. And we'll grab it and get you a copy. But uh, I... What you do with your heart right now matters very, very much, but it's super important. If you believe the lie that he's the one thing keeping you from Jesus, then you'll be able to justify things that Jesus is not asking of you. So God can heal. God can redeem. But he can actually heal you in the middle of this desperate situation. So I would love to send you a copy. I think it would minister to your heart. But can I just pray, guys, for her? Oh, please. Mm -hmm. Oh, Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth and in this marriage as it is in heaven, God. Father, would you uproot the lies um, and plant the truth. Uproot the lies that they both believe and implant the truth that they need. God, I pray for this husband who's addicted, trying so hard not to feel the pain in his life. God, would you meet him anyway? Meet him in his dreams. Meet him in his visions, Lord. Lord, I pray you'd intersect his life everywhere he turns that he cannot get away from you. And that he would he would come to faith. I, I'm thinking of a couple right now of a man who drank so much, the wife was at the end of a rope, and on the floor of his auto mechanic place, he, he surrendered, and now they're ministering on a massive level together. Well, imagine if she would have given up. So God, I pray for this wife that you give her a vision for what you could do with this couple. God in heaven, anything is possible when we trust you, Lord. So Lord, would you block her from making permanent decisions in this temporary pain. Heal her, God. Strengthen her. Empower her. Show her what to do. But God, as the hound of heaven, go after him and save him and restore them beyond their wildest dreams, I pray in Jesus' name. Mm. Susie, the Spirit is moving today, not only in the hour that you had at 3 o'clock, but this hour as well. And the text that just came in, I love that God's ways and thoughts are higher than mine, and I'm not required to figure out his plan. I can just rest in knowing that I know that I know. Beautiful. Isn't that lovely? You've got some eloquent writers as listeners, Bill. That's beautiful. Well, they have to audition to be able to write into the show. (laughs) So they've passed a lot of very stringent uh, tests. So yeah, so thank you for that. And but yeah, let's uh, let's talk a little bit more, Susie. As you know, we don't have tons of time left. But Susie Larson is my guest, and her book is called "Closer Than Your Next Breath." And where is God when you need him most? And as we can tell from so many listeners today who have uh, texted in that they are in need. They they want to celebrate God's goodness in their life, but they also have they have a definite need. And so as we just kind of start to wrap up, Susie, I want you to share with everyone how your book will help meet their needs. Well, I want you to think about a couple of things. One is when you encounter God, you have a decision to make. Just like when Jesus, uh, he told the disciples to get in the boat and cross to the other side, and they went through a storm, and uh, they're like, don't you care? And his question is, where's your faith? And he modeled in that moment rest and authority because he was napping, (laughs) and he showed them how to sleep in a storm, and then he took authority over the wind and the waves. He'd said, let's get to the other side. So Mm -hmm. they needed to trust what he'd said. When they got to the other side, he healed a demoniac. And think about this man who's foaming, cutting cutting himself, danger to the community chained up. When the community found him dressed and in his right mind, what was their response? They asked Jesus to leave. 
Right. They asked him to leave. Yeah. And the thing is, when God moves, not everybody likes it. Right. So there's going to be times when he intersects your story, as he did with Abraham and Sarah and Hannah and Moses, Mary, Zechariah, Paul, Peter. When he intersects your story, it's not always gooey. Sometimes it is to comfort you, but sometimes it will make you tremble. It's to correct or redirect. Sometimes he's addressing issues of your identity or an invitation to an upgrade in faith or a redirection uh, of your calling, where he will intervene in the most powerful way. But the thing is, when those times happen. And if you love God, you realize I'm made for his presence. There's nothing like his presence. And we tend to then go from one sensational event to the other, trying to recreate that moment. And I say we chase the sensational and we miss the supernatural because he's not just in the events, you know, where you met him the first time. He's in the nooks and crannies of your life. You know, he's at the soccer game at the sidelines and he's at the sick person's bedside. And when you're going to go through these silent seasons, and one of the things I address in that book is how do you navigate the silent seasons? And I'm watching the clock with you here, Bill, but I would say my first line of defense when I'm, when I can't hear from God is I start with me. Lord, search me, O God. I pray Psalm 139. Know my heart. Point out anything in me that offends you. And as my friend Maria, she says it this way, search your heart. And if God shows you something, repent. And then roar. If he doesn't show you anything, just roar. (laughs) Remember who you are because you will go through silent seasons as a believer. But I always first want to check with me because even Paul said, my conscience is clear. That doesn't mean I'm innocent. And David said, keep me back from presumptuous sins. Our capacity for self-deception is incredibly high. And we sometimes blame God for his silence when it's really our ears have turned deaf because we are out of rank and we're out of line. I think it's wise to start with ourselves. Show me, God. And if he doesn't show you anything and you're sincerely walking with God and you're truly in a, a silent season of the soul and you can't hear what he's saying, remember what he's said. Go back to old journals. Open up the word. Remember what he said, because his word is living and it's breathing. And keep walking and keep trusting, because he's forging a faith in you that when you come out the other side, you will be stronger. You will be more rooted and grounded in his love, and you'll be more tethered to his promises. So those are some of the things. I want the book to heal your heart, because the Father's love always does that. Mm -hmm. I want you to know how to navigate when he does speak. And then I want you to know how to navigate in the silent seasons, because there's a wisdom in the way to do that. And so that's my hope. And that's mm-hmm. Susie, you know we're out of time, but you're, um, you have Leah, who's a kindred spirit with you, because she texted in and said, I love that God is creator and shares all this amazing beauty with us. Mm-hmm. And I know love you love uh, a morning a sunrise or a sunset, and mm-hmm. you find great beauty in God's creation. So much. Thank you, Leah. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. So, so good. Susie, congratulations, and for everyone who uh, missed part of this hour, please hear it from the the start, because you'll be blessed by all the beautiful things that Susie said. It's like one one person texted in and said, these are like uh, golden coins that you have given us today. Mm. Isn't that sweet? That's precious. Thanks yeah. for having me, Bill and you Wyatt, bet. and it just you guys make a great team. Honored to work with you and Thanks. serve alongside. All right. Have a great rest of the day, Susie. You too, sir. You bet. Susie Larson, her book is called Closer Than Your Next Breath, Where Is God When You Need Him Most? We're going to take a break. When we come back, Jeff Verdorn is my guest. We're going to continue our study in Thessalonians. So get out the Bible and open it to Thessalonians. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.